Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, my guest today is a newborn care and breastfeeding specialist, founder of the amazing pain-free birth formula, mama coach and podcast host. She uses her expert knowledge and more than 10 years of experience to provide mothers with the support they need and the results they want around childbirth. She believes that making informed decisions creates a path to empowerment and owning your choices. Welcome to the show. From Prague, Vivian Shima. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. <laughs> very, very welcome. Thank you for coming on to the show today. A fascinating topic. Can't wait to hear more about it. Um, that was obviously a very brief introduction to what you do. So if you want to tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, what you do, how you help. Absolutely. So uh, in a nutshell, I'm a doula, which I found that not a lot of people know what that is. That's why I use I'm a newborn care specialist, breastfeeding specialist, and um, a mama coach. Mm. But in a nutshell, it means I'm a doula and I guide mothers through their pregnancy, towards their birth, and all the way to postpartum and helping them with the general troubleshooting, you know, issues they have with babies uh, on the way. And it really, I really love what I do because I can see how the transition and transformation happens in them when they hit to transform transformation period mm -hmm. and they stop fearing the birth. And so that's what I do. I make them empowered. I make them feel that they have control over their own bodies, which unfortunately can be taken away from them very fast in a hospital setting or even in a, you know, even with uh, family support, sometimes, family just doesn't don't agree with what the mother wants to do around childbirth what mm -hmm. her choice what her what her idea is of a child of childbirth mm -hmm. so that can be it can be it can be hard on her it can be hard on the mental mental side of things where she can start doubting herself and she has nowhere to turn to so that's where I come in and I'm the mental spiritual emotional and also physical anchor uh, but most importantly, yes, I'm I'm emotion I'm the emotional anchor. Okay, so that sounds really really interesting. Like I said, I've never I've never spoken to anybody that does this before, so it's uh, really kind of fascinating thing because you know, you don't think of this obviously, especially being a guy, I guess, um, of the of all the complexities that are involved with childbirth and and like you said, like the mental not just the physical side of it, the mental, emotional and everything else that goes along with, um, with childbirth. How, how do you, so how did you get into this kind of field of helping people and what made you go down the route that you, you're in now where you re recognize that people need that support and, and that's what you decided to offer? So that's a really, I love telling the story because I, I love how I got to actually be here, uh, what I do today. I wanted, I always wanted to study anthropology and um, in Prague here, there are very few schools that offer those programs. So I moved to America to be an au pair because an au pair program 
meaning I was living with a family and taking care of children Monday through Friday, eight to five, Mm -hmm. um, allowed me also to study on the side, uh, which was one of the program's criteria. And usually au pairs choose dance classes or cooking classes, but I, I chose to actually sign up for a college. And I took anthropology classes, which tapped a lot on how we got to be here and evolution and uh, the cultural aspect of humans and how family and relationships are formed in the first place and on what foundation it stands. Okay. So, but, you know, I was like, okay, this is all, this is great. This is fascinating, but I already had so many years of experience under my belt and I wanted to materialize those that knowledge and that experience in a different way in a way where I could where my experience could actually help further other women and other people and so I was already in childcare, taking care of children but I wanted to further um, I wanted to broaden the spectrum a little bit Mm. and so I was really into this podcast and at this at this moment in my life and I just listened to it every day uh, catching up on the episodes, and they invited a postpartum doula on one of the episodes because it's a podcast about uh, adulting and being a parent. Right. So they had troubles with their infant sleeping, and they started researching. And they live in California, so they invited invited this postpartum doula from LA onto their podcast, and she started talking about what she does and how she helps people. And I'm like oh my gosh, like, this is it. Like, I just had a calling. I I had, as she was saying the sentences, it was like, this is exactly what I would love to do. This is exactly how I could um, not only further my knowledge in this ta- in this field, but also how to help people, uh, you know, on the, because of the experience that I have. Mm. So this was really the, the turnover. This was really... that made it for me and then I started just doing research tons of research on how to become a postpartum doula how to what does it involve what education do I need and it it fit perfectly because I graduated secondary nursing school so I already had a lot of the background education that was required for this so it was really great it was just really just furthering my knowledge and getting a certificate and then blending it with the experience that I have. And that's also why I call myself a mama coach, because I blend not just the evidence-based information that I provide to them, but I also blend coaching into it. um, As I, I don't open the door for them. I don't, um, you know, I don't birth the baby for them, but Mm -hmm. I will walk with them on the way and I will show them the door and they, they can choose to open it. They can choose not to open it. But if they do open it, I'll tell them what to do and how we're going to do it. And we can try this and that. But it's up to them whether they want to try it and whether they will. Right. And it's mainly, I found that women have a lot of fear when it just comes to birth. So uprooting those fears and those false beliefs that we pick up on throughout our whole life from mm-hmm you know, early childhood that we might not even realize that's, that it's in us, but it is, I help to, to find that because we need to get to the root of the problem for them to have the experience that they, that they want 
you know, which is the amazing pain-free birth mm. and beyond. And, and for them to stay confident and empowered. And that's where the empowerment comes in, that they are in control. I'm going to open this door where this fear is. And I'm, you know, I'm consciously deciding to face this fear and get rid of it and analyze why is it there in the first place Yeah, and then substituting it with the truth, with, okay. with a fact. So, I mean, first of all, that shows the power, amazing power of a podcast is that that kind of helps <laughs> you to find your calling as it were, and something that really resonated with you and put you on the track to where you wanted to be and where you are now. Just to, just to, could you give some sort of examples of the fears and the difficulties that people experience that, that you can help them with and how you shift the mindset, emotional space for, for your clients? Absolutely. So the most common fears that are, that are, you know, that, that women have around childbirth is that they're terrified to even birth the baby. They get pregnant and they call me and they say, you know, the baby's staying in there. It's not coming out because (laughs) uh, right now I'm, I, you know, like, let's say she's 12 weeks along and she says, I am not birthing this baby. Like I cannot, she cannot even imagine the idea of, of, you know, of her in that time and position. And, and it's really, that's the number one, I would say that's number one fear, Right. but then other fears, more, more emotional fear fears when it comes to partners that they don't want their partners there or that they think that the partner is useless for them at that moment. Right. And they, and they feel these um, very interesting. They have these interesting emotions around partners when they don't even want to, they don't even want them to be present at the call, which is, I need them to be there because I need to feel the energy. I need to see why and what's going on. Why don't you want him to be here or her? Mm -hmm. Um, So this is very interesting, this aspect, because then it also, these unresolved, suppressed emotions, they Mm -hmm. drag that into the postpartum period, which it can hit them like really, really hard in terms of they're sleep deprived and the, they're they're not communicating because there is there is no time to communicate or sleep is just more important at that point but also because of this because of the lack of communication that there was prior to this now it's even worse and there's a lot of conflict and and the mother starts to turn to the baby she starts to turn all the love and attention to the baby and there's mm-hmm. then there's nothing left for the partner. Mm. So a big part of what I do is I focus on the partner and I'm in, and I include him into the process of being present and being um, her anchor as well and knowing what to say mm. or do in certain situation. Because if a mother is in, if she's giving birth, she's in a different state of body and mind. And obviously sometimes she forgets what we talked about. She forgets to channel that calm, that peace or even advocating for herself when she's in a lot of pain and mm-hmm. they're pushing for an epidural, but she knows she doesn't want it, that her body doesn't necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. And this is for the partner to step in because I, as a coach, as a mentor, as a doula, I cannot advocate for them, mm-hmm. but I can teach them how to advocate for themselves in a better way, in an efficient way. So this is where the, where the partner comes in. And this is also where a lot of conflicts 
and suppressed emotions rise and we can resolve them while there's still time. Because to be honest, once the baby is born, there is only so much time left and Mm -hmm. it can lash out. It really can. And I I've seen, unfortunately, because of my uh, childcare experience, I've seen a lot of families going through the postpartum different, differently. Mm -hmm. And it can really impact the relationship, you know, and I always remind them, why did you create this baby? And who did you make it with? Mm. That's the person you love, and you're just extending that love. And sometimes they forget it. Sometimes it's just the baby, they put everything into the baby. And Mm. I understand that it's, you know, it's the maternal instinct, but we cannot forget that half of that genetic material is the father's. Mm. So and he's there too, and he needs attention too. Yeah. And I think it's one of those life events, isn't it, that can have, I mean, it is life-changing, but actually Absolutely. the thought of just having a baby can do significant things to the mind, the emotions that can completely throw you, make you think differently, make you do differently because could be because of what that actually means to you in your life. And I guess everybody's going to deal with that and manage that in a, a different way. And I think, like you said, you know, when you're pregnant, I guess most of your focus is going to be about the, what the upcoming event, because you're, you know, you've got this baby growing inside of you and, and your focus needs to be in that space. But like you said, there also needs to be a recognition of everything else that's going on around in your life and allowing the changes that you're going to be going through within yourself, within your relationship, but actually coming together as a couple in order to support each other in that space. Absolutely. And it's not talked about much Um, in general, mental health. No one talks about mental health after birth Mm. um, when it comes to women, but also no one addresses postpartum struggles and baby blues and postpartum depression in men. Mm. And it's a real thing. Yeah. it hits them just as hard. They just think differently from their point of view, because obviously they're not the mother who can breastfeed, for example, who has, you know, who's struggling to breastfeed, but they have different struggles. They, they struggle whether they can provide for the baby and how much time they can spend with the baby and how they can help the mother in, in, in taking care of the baby, because mm-hmm. one of them has to work. That's the most common scenario if not mm. both of them mm. so this can cause a lot of turmoil and it's like i said it usually starts with pregnancy pregnancy is the trigger and then different emotions start to rise mm. and then um we we work on that so i have you know we use mindful exercises and together and it's not couples therapy for sure not but it's it's you know it's on the on the verge of that i would say yeah. it's like it's something in, in, in between. Well, I guess it is in a way, isn't it? Because you are, I mean, the, the key, I think, to, to, I mean, I've worked with couples for now for got over 10 years or so. Communication is always key, you know. Absolutely. And I guess if the, and again, when you become preoccupied with other things, communication can be the first thing that, that starts to struggle. Absolutely. Uh, and I guess you are helping them to not just, keep their communication level maybe where it was but you're helping them to ramp up that communication level because this is a hugely significant time in their lives and it's going to you know it is going to 
change certain things and it's really imperative that that communication level is a a stage where they're they're both able to be there for each other through that time it's interesting what you said about guys i had a client a few years ago and i saw them originally as a couple and they kind of got through the issue then they decided to have a family the guy then kind of basically felt like a spare part at the end he had his paternal uh, paternity leave and he was really involved for the first few weeks of, of the child being born and then completely felt out of the loop you know felt completely useless that <clears throat> obviously the, the dynamics of the relationship had changed he felt like he wasn't being a good enough father um, right. he wasn't there enough because he went back to work and all this kind of stuff and it's interesting isn't it we don't kind of think about the significance of mental health and and how much this can change your life afterwards and how people need to work on coming to terms with maybe the changes that uh, are going to be there once and and do you help them kind of visualize that and help them to sort of think uh, had you worked with the people after childbirth for a certain amount of time as well yes I I I am a postpartum doula so that's my main focus but I also I love just supporting them during pregnancy, because I think that's just a magical time. Mm. But postpartum can be really beautiful. I that's why I became a postpartum doula in the first place. Because, like I said, there's so much lack of sleep and motivation. And Mm. it can be such a beautiful period, you know, it's the it's the fourth trimester, it's the first three months after birth. And those are usually the most depressing, the most hectic, and um, just, you know, people are sleep deprived and it really doesn't have to be like that. But like you said, it is about the communication 1 million percent. There is no way around it. Mm-hmm. We have to communicate our needs, our wants, our desires. We need to be able to say, hey, I need an hour to myself because I need some self-care. I just need to go, you know, play golf or or go do my nails or something. It doesn't matter what it is. Even Mm -hmm. if it's just putting on headphones with your favorite music, Mm -hmm. it absolutely doesn't matter. What matters is that you are able to voice this need to your partner Mm -hmm. who will not see it as a threat to the parenthood itself or to their relationship. Like he's taking the easy way out or he's dumping it all on me or all these things and they come up, it's, it's a very real problem and it's not good for the baby, right? Because mm-hmm. if they're fighting, if they're not okay, well, the baby's not going to be okay. And babies can talk and they're so smart. They're so intelligent and they can feel the energy that comes from the people around them. Mm-hmm. And we don't want this. We don't, we don't want to present the world in in this way to a baby who's been yeah. there for five days. So no. Also, I guess in the womb and stuff is, I mean, I've, I've done some research about this and the impact of stress on babies in the womb and the hormone, the stress hormones that gets released when a woman is under stress while she's pregnant, they can be transferred into the baby, can't they? So the baby then can be actually become less tolerant to stress, stressful situations when they're born because it can affect the brain wiring if they're Absolutely. subject to the, these types of hormones during pregnancy. So I guess what you mentioned earlier on is reminding than the calm space, the peaceful space. And again, for that, within the relationship, if the relationship is functioning in a healthy space, then there's going to be less stress and, and, a, and a lot of more 
of our ability for them to come together as a couple to alleviate any stress when it does arise because i mean you know clearly pregnancy can be a stressful time for people but and that's like we said as well about that kind of reminding people of their choices um what they actually want because you can lose sight of that i guess when you're in the midst of all of the everything that goes on around childbirth how, how do you kind of is that so you kind of that's where the partner is really significant is to remind the person that's having the baby of what their choices are and how, how they want this to be absolutely it's it's you know it's always it's always both of them it's never a one-way street and pregnancy really is the time where you should start focusing on these things and childbirth really makes it firm it makes it solid it turns all the work that we've done all the transformation that they went through it turns it rock hard and then they're good there you know there's obviously there's going to be other problems but because there is a firm and solid foundation from the very beginning there is the chances that there will be a problem that they will not be able to communicate is very low almost almost none mm. um, because we've worked for an extensive period of time on this but then again some i've seen some couples who were not ready for a baby mm. in the yeah the baby was already cooking you know and <laughs> what do you what do you do at that point so that's it that changes the equation for sure in a, in a whole different way and i have to approach this in a very different way um because we have to not go from pregnancy but we have to go a little bit back what was before pregnancy and why having the baby in the first place which can be a very sensitive topic mm. and they are allowed not to share that with me but you know they do like um i have amazing clients so they share a lot with me mm. but yeah i yeah that's that's what that would be my answer yeah i guess they're going to be choosing to work with you for a reason in the first place so then hopefully they will feel like it's okay if they've chosen to work right. with you to, to open up to you but i guess that's a quite a tricky situation isn't it you've got them neither of them maybe wanted a child or weren't ready for a child weren't looking for this relationship perhaps to to move on to that level um so you're dealing with very different emotions aren't you and mental kind of space at that point uh, and again do you work a lot with women then that also are on their own through that space as well because i guess there may be instances where the pregnancy might have been an accident um that maybe the the, the um the partner isn't around to support them i guess you, your role becomes even more significant if you are working with somebody on who's on their own through this through this experience yes definitely i think if the the partner is just not around for whatever reason my presence becomes or the the number one support person for the woman becomes the center her you know the anchor that she always will turn to mm. as their is really no partner and it is hard it is hard to be a single mom you know and even or you know they just choose not to she she chooses not to which is great like i am all for that but you know we all need help and it's not a sign of weakness to seek out help 
and um but i haven't had that many single moms okay but um definitely the work becomes a little bit more intense for sure yeah, yeah I, I guess you are you are more required i guess in in those those instances aren't you as that yeah. support and, and the person definitely. they're gonna yeah. gonna turn to when they need the help I mean, it's a fascinating thing that you do um i mean fulfilling i mean at scale of one to ten ten being this is the most fulfilling thing in the world you could ever think of i mean what, what how fulfilling is this for you because if like you said it feels like you said it, this is your call and this is the, the thing that oh this is definitely something for me <laughs> well i would say from a scale from zero to ten i'm definitely somewhere at a 13 or 14 <laughs> um and that actually has a lot to do because this not only helps other people to achieve their goals and where they want to be, but it also helped me figure out a lot of things before I started doing this. Mainly my old relationship, it triggered a lot in me okay. because there, there you are, you want to do this job, you want to support mothers and their partners on this journey and they have to be rock solid, right? They have to be on the same front. They have to support each other. And when one falls, the other one catches him before they even fall down. And that's, that's what you really want. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that I didn't have that. Okay. And um, it just started a whole cascade of things um, ending in, ending in breaking it off, but me, you know, freeing myself from these, self-doubting feelings that I had inside me. And I, and I told to myself, I can do this job if I don't have, uh, you know, if, if my mind is messy, mm -hmm. if my aspect of this life is the most messy aspect right now. Mm -hmm. I and I wanted to stay true to myself. I didn't want to betray others. I didn't want to betray me. Mm -hmm. so I looked into it and it was very painful, but very rewarding at the end. And that's also why, this job is so rewarding because I've been there, not necessarily with a baby on the way, but I've been where some people are now and I, and I feel their struggles. Mm -hmm. and I feel that I can help them more because of this, because of this personal experience. Okay. So since you uh, have brought up the topic of your personal relationships, that, um, that, that, that was a space where you were really struggling then at that at that point in your own personal relationship yes but i didn't i didn't want to admit it i didn't want to see it i didn't want to hear it i literally just put a band-aid over it and tried right. to mitigate the damage as much as i could okay but you know friends and family they saw and they were very very sad for me they felt for me right but sometimes family and friends are not very helpful in these type of situations <laughs> because Friends will never, friends will always agree with you. Friends will always support you no matter what decision you make. And family wants you to be safe at all times. So it, all the likes and dislikes go aside and it's just, this is what you need to do. Do mm -hmm. this, do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Without asking me what I wanted or yeah. why am I holding on to this? So I, uh, I turned to myself. I, <laughs> I started <laughs> doing what I do with my clients today and it worked. It's, it's amazing. And uh, that's why I also created this amazing pain-free birth formula because it worked with me and I, I wanted I wanted to share that. I wanted to share that experience. Like if you really 
sit down and get down and dirty and do it, there is a change that there can be a change to yeah. the better. Yeah. And it's not changing yourself. It's just rediscovering what's in you and what your values and priorities are. And I just realized that it was a toxic relationship and I don't like to blame anyone. I think it was definitely something came from me. Something came from the other side. But the thing that didn't help was long distance. Okay. So did you meet this person when you were studying in, in America then? Yes. Right. Yes. We met in America and I came back to Prague uh-huh. and the relationship was uh, roughly four years and a good 50%, even 60%, I would say would be long distance. Right. So it was really, really hard. And, um, he struggled with some mental health issues. So the motivation to, because when you have a long distance relationship, it all of a sudden moves to discipline. It's not about, I miss you and I love you. It's more about, we need to stay on top of things and, and call each other every Wednesday, because that's how you keep it going. That's how you you can count on that person and you need to count on them if, if they're so far away and mm. if there's the time difference and it's everything. It's just everything. And that wasn't there. And then, you know, after five months of literally just not texting or calling and I said to myself, but I'm engaged <laughs> and I'm supposed <laughs> to spend the rest of my life with this person and we don't even call. And I remember my friend asking me then like, well, what is he doing? Like, is he good? And I'm like, yeah, he, yeah, he's fine. I don't know what he's doing. He's fine. <laughs> so it was fun. You didn't speak for five months and you come, you were still questioning whether you should be in the relationship or not. Yeah. That's very interesting. Do you understand what that was about for you? Why you were kind of allowing yourself to go through what feels like a, a very difficult space. You said you did the work on yourself to swing it around. Do you understand why? it became a space that you kind of got lost in in the first place you mean what got me there to this point of desperation (laughs) your words not mine but I mean there's something definitely going to go on there isn't there for you to allow this I mean it sounds like a really horrible space for you to be in I realized one day we did call after couples or several months Mm. right and I hang up the phone I hung up the phone and um I it was a very weird feeling and none that I've ever experienced before. So I didn't quite know what to do with that. So I called my mom and my friend and I just said, you know, I, I just don't think I love him anymore. Like I do, but I don't like, I just don't love him in that way that I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Mm. That was the turning point. And that was somewhere around November, I would say. And then I had five or six months to just think I, I had really, really time to think about it, about what had happened. And I, you know, I dug deep there mm. and I uncovered some very, very unhealthy <clears throat> habits and patterns that were going on, mm-hmm. but I didn't allow myself to see it up until that point. Right. It, it's almost as my body has gotten enough. And yeah, I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired to just wait. And that was, that was the, that was the trigger really yeah. waiting yeah. because we never knew when, when we were going to see each other again, yeah. there was never a plan. And I think when you have a long distance relationship, you need a plan. Like oh, that is most definitely you got you got you need to want to see each other, I guess. Don't you? 
Uh, Is is it, I mean, I've I've done a lot of the kind of done blogs and everything about why people stay in in difficult relationship spaces. Um, What what do you think that you were, I mean, like you said, you weren't sure if you loved them. So I guess you were thinking that you were still in love with them after all of this time. What what do you think you were hanging on in there for? Um, Were you trying to recreate the beginning of the relationship? Was there something like you, you mentioned desperation there. What was that? What was going on for you as far as that space is concerned? Because it was a toxic relationship, I that I, I realized that afterwards, but I wanted to stay in it because I found myself in a spa that I, again, have never found myself again before uh, or like there before. And it was that I will not be able to find someone else. Right. Okay. And I was also afraid to be alone at that point because it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was easy. It was my comfort zone. It was roasty toasty in there, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. But I was putting that aside because I convinced myself of having so many other benefits to that, that like, ah, just happiness. It's like, you know, whatever <laughs> like mm. I, can, I can, I can just find some pseudo me being happy. Right. But then, you know, and that, that job, that postpartum doula thing, it's like, I, I love kids. I want to have children, obviously. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about having children with him. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that was another very big trick. How that was ever going to work. (laughs) Exactly. I was just looking 10 years into the future with me holding a baby and about 10 bags of groceries and him, you know, playing video games. So, (laughs) and I didn't like that idea. I just Uh didn't like how it looked like, how it made me feel like I, I just didn't like anything about it. So I decided that I needed to, you know, look into that before I do that, because I can't preach something and then do the exact opposite. That would be, again, betraying people in general, but also myself and my integrity and my dignity. So that that was, yeah, that was another trigger that I had. Mm. And it took me a long time. It took all in all, like a year of just pure thinking. And that it helped me that we didn't talk because it made me feel like I'm single again. It made me almost feel like I don't have anyone. I'm okay. I'm on my own. Let's, mm-hmm. let's figure this out. Yeah. And it, it helped me tremendously because I realized that I s- stopped missing him. Yeah. And I think if you stop missing someone, they're not really supposed to be in your life or at least not at that time. No, definitely. Definitely. I guess, like you said, there was a realization that he was never going to be able to offer you the life, the relationship or anything actually that you really desired, wanted for yourself in your life. Absolutely. And that's, that's a significant yeah. thing that I work on with my clients is actually creating that idea about the person you want to be with uh, in your mind is is how are you going to be in this relationship with somebody and how much are you going to be able to give? What are they going to be able to give and, and how you're going to be in this together and, and the kind of things you're looking for from somebody that you actually want to spend a huge amount of your life with. Um, uh, and it's interesting that we, we don't have a tendency to think about that until we maybe reach a point where we realize that we're not getting it um, or we've never had it or we're in a situation maybe such as yours where you just recognize there's so many things missing from a relationship um, and how you need then to do that work on yourself in order to then provide yourself with the life that you're looking for. And I guess that's, again, like you said, that's what you do with your clients. You make sure they're in a space with themselves so they know exactly what they want, need, 
desire from this experience that they're going through. Absolutely. And it's, I always say it's expectation versus reality. Mm-hmm. What do you want and what's possible yeah. and what's just simply not? Because I am able to provide transformation for my clients, but I'm not, I'm not a magician. I cannot <laughs> just, I just, I cannot get rid of things that are not, first of all, in my expertise of uh, what I do, but some things you just have to seek out different people. And one of my, I really love what you said that sometimes you realize that the person is not able to offer you this type of life or relationship or support that you need Mm -hmm. and you want. And I saw this in one of, um, with one of my families that I worked with, it was, I was excited whenever I went there because that was just, that was a retreat for me. Mm -hmm. Seeing their relationship, seeing their love, their, Mm -hmm. their unconditional support and how they resolve arguments. And I looked at myself in a mirror, how I resolve arguments and how it always ends. Mm. And I, I don't like arguments. I like discussions. Mm. I, I never, I always, and that's that, again, we, we're coming back to number one rule, communication. Mm-hmm. If you communicate, I don't think that you can reach a point where, where you are screaming at each other and just arguing. And it doesn't even make sense at that point anymore mm. because you're able to, neutralize it you're able to listen what do you need did i hear you wrong maybe i should rephrase this or what is going on what triggered this response in you is this something that i did or and i saw this and again it just it it you know it made the puzzle whole for me like all what i do in my life and what i devote my life to every day that you know, I found the puzzle pieces in different places from different people. Mm. And I created my own beautiful, you know, puzzle piece. from okay. that. Yeah, I guess if you are escalating things into that kind of space, there's definitely something uh, much deeper going on, that's allowing these uh, arguments to happen and to escalate into that space. Um, thank you so much for sharing some of your personal experiences there that's uh hopefully again you know people that are listening not only about what the work that you do but recognizing the changes that you've actually made in your own life there's going to be something that someone's going to have a, a little bit of maybe of a think about even in a light bulb type moment where they're going to go you know what this is something i am going to do for myself before we have to finish up today firstly i believe you have an ebook that people can get their hands on can you tell uh, people how they can get that and a little bit about what the book's about yes um i just published it on my website so it's available on my website i just have to click download and it's a pdf or it's an ebook right and it's on uh, debunking breastfeeding how to catch a good latch and okay. the top 11 breastfeeding myths uh, where I tap on uh, basic theory, basic facts on how actually breastfeeding works mm-hmm. and what problems we're facing right now with breastfeeding and how to advocate for that. Okay. And then I go on and discuss the most common problems mothers face when 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 they're breastfeed. 
uh, and how to resolve those issues. Okay, cool. So if so, you're, uh, you're interested in getting a copy of that, if it's something that you might want to use for yourself, if you know someone who might be uh, pregnant at the moment, uh, you want to download that and send it to them, then do uh, go on to Vivian's website. And how do people uh, get a copy of that? What's uh, your website? How do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you and find out a little bit more about what you do? So my website is called Ashling Bio, but it's spelled differently. <laughs> okay. Um, um, the the link to Vivian's website will be in the show notes, so um, don't worry about how it's spelled. Um, just uh, repeat the name of the website again for people. It's Ashling Bio, and it means living a dream in Old Irish. <laughs> Great, excellent. Um, so uh, to get hold of that ebook and to again find out more about what Vivian offers, then do click on the show notes, go to the link to her website and get in touch. Um, just before I finish off, I'd like to ask my guests if they've got any sort of parting words of wisdom or a favourite quote or something that uh, they like that they can share. My motto is that a healthy and strong community starts at home. Awesome. For sure. Thank so, you. And deal with everything before the baby comes. <laughs> <laughs> That is number two. <laughs> there won't be much time after that. <laughs> I like the profoundness of the first one, but I like the directness of the second one. <laughs> oh, uh, some people do both. Um, thank you very much, Vivian, for being a guest on the show today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and finding out a little bit more about what you do. Um, as I said, when we first kind of connected on this, it's a fascinating topic. I found that a lot of people will uh, hopefully uh, find this useful and reach out find out some more about you if they're in a situation or know anyone that's in a situation which could be useful um and thank you again thank you so much john for having me it was a pleasure take care of yourself take care thank you for listening please subscribe follow and review the show that is very much appreciated and please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy intimate relationships in your life I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.